Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 35 of the DMC podcast with your hosts, me, Adam Rigby, and covering for the Man Mountain, Cody Hunter, our very special guest today. He is a lover and a fighter. He's the face, hands, and hips of Les Mills and the National Group Fitness Manager of Les Mills NZ. Devoted family man, motivator of millions, the smile that launched a thousand lifts and shook a thousand hips. <laughs> He's Ben Siolo, or as I lovingly know him as T. My bro, welcome to the podcast today. So grateful to have you here. Good brother, I am very grateful to be here too. To court it all with you, to chop it up, it's it's a wonderful opportunity. Mate, so recently, and obviously professionally, we've been having some um, DMC, some real cool chats, and I love the direction they go in. But also in terms of, you know, I tried to explain your job to Cody and the group fitness role, and I said, bro, really, it's just, imagine being the manager of one of the world's biggest rock bands, and that's kind <laughs> of, you know. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, so, um, mate, if you can if you can talk me through, because just just for the people, because a lot of the listeners will know you and um, have dealt with you personally and professionally, will will love you as I love you, bro. And so, for those that that aren't aware of where it all started for you, I mean, we met a long time ago walking into Les Mills. How did that journey begin for you from a group fit perspective to where you are today? I love. I love that question, bro. And it's really interesting because it really came out of nowhere for me. I, um, I initially started coming to the gym as a 20, you know, like 19, 20 year old with my mates, Jordan Young and Tim. And it was purely around that whole like rugby, get strong, you know, build those beach body muscles, hit the bench, you know, all of that type of stuff. Um, funnily enough, like when I signed up to Les Mills, there was also a job at the cafe at the, when it was on level one. And so when you got a role to work at the cafe, you got a free gym membership. So I was kind of coming along for a few weeks and I saw like the opportunity to jump into to the cafe there. And I thought, oh yeah, you know, this is going to work hand in hand. I'm a student at the time. I'm still doing uh, rugby, playing like um, under 21 Colts for Tower. And I thought, man, if I can secure this like job at the cafe, I get a, like a gym membership as well. And I could all kind of see it playing out. And so I applied for the role and I actually got it. So I, I trained up as a barista, as you probably saw me in, in the cafe. And, you know, still hitting the weight, still loving, you know, thrown down with the, the, the lads upstairs, as you do. Um, and I jumped into group fitness for the first time, like really by accident. I didn't really know what was going on in the space. Like a lot of, you know, the guys who come along to the gym, who come from a sporting or, you know, rugby background, you probably thought it was more, well, I certainly thought it was more for, um, the ladies you know like the yeah. group fitness wasn't typically something that um you know sports people did and boy was I wrong I was so wrong <laughs> like I went in pretty you know nervously at the start to I think this body attack and I was doing like Jerome's body attack class <laughs> and number one I saw this saw the brother on stage like baby oiled to the max like doing <laughs> body attack with some hype cheesy techno music and I was like what is this euro dance music <laughs> And I'm up the back kind of like moving as I think I 
can in, in that sort of environment and body attack is um, your the Les Mills listeners will know it's like that real high aerobics but to me you know if you've never done it before it was, it was kind of like those 90s aerobics moves and I was like what have I got myself into <laughs> but then it like it hooked me because the intensity of the workout the euphoria of training in that big room I was like yo this is for real I didn't particularly love body attack that wasn't my thing I actually then yeah. went to Susan and uh, Susan's body combat class that was on a Wednesday night and that clicked you know when you could throw uh, punches and kicks and I felt like I was like in there going hard you know my visualization of being like a martial artist you know at the time people wore wraps and stuff like that and it got me hooked like super hooked and one of the instructors uh, came down and asked and said oh hey you know T do you want to learn how to do this you you move pretty well you know like why not give instructing a go and I was like ah oh, yeah yeah okay I'll give it a go why not and so I continued working at the cafe and Caroline Jenkins the manager at the time um came Jane. down and then started OG. that the OG came down and had the conversation with me and I'm still a little bit you know there's still a little bit of trepidation but then when I saw you know the impact that you could have on stage like getting hype with the crew yeah with the people in your class um, and, you know, being introduced to the, the legend himself, Solomon Baker and Peter Ooh. Price. Oh. Solly, those you know, kids like, say, those <laughs> kids, oh, my days. <laughs> you know, and see the charisma of the guys and like, you know, the, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. lifestyle of, you know, training hard, but like performing on stage, um, of which I used to study music and theater back in high school. So it kind of was like a, a blend of sport and performance. And it got me hooked, bro. And that's where I think, you know, like that's the journey. That was the genesis of my career in fitness. It was actually coming from more of just being in the gym floor, smashing it out, training for rugby generically, to then going, wow, I didn't realize you could like perform and get up on stage and influence people and like get the music going and be a rock star, as you said at the start, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and that's kind of where it all kicked off, bro amazing mate i'm sure like the you know there's it's it's very relevant at the moment but they talk about cloning i'm sure like solomon baker every 10 years he just refreshes they break a new mold and bring because the bro hasn't changed he ain't cracked his pets no, are still no. off. i know it's it's a testament to i think the training that we do you know like i mean he's still teaching combat yeah right now and killing it still you know like it's it's I think he's had that Tuesday night class. He had it before I even became an instructor. And that's 17 years ago. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like, that's a real testament to, you know, still be throwing roundhouse kicks, you know, jumping, leaping across the stage. Um, the man's, yeah, like he's, he's past 50 now. Still smashing yeah. it. Yeah. My man. Yeah. And surrounded by, surrounded by so many wonderful stories, so many legends of group fitness for you and invariably you've moved into that position yourself so those that know you and have had the opportunity and pleasure to interact with you get it right it's no surprise to anybody why you're viewed internationally as one of the best one of the greats right and that comes from the heart um and your connection your energy um your care for others and you know, there's a level, there's a level to you. And I feel on us and, and, 
and I and I compare it, you know, like to walking into an Amy Styles body attack class or a Bevan James Isles, and you see just everything explodes, and it's that full experience. So while it was no surprise to others, did any of this surprise you to to be where you are today, to be on stage, interacting with not just sixty people, but thousands, and then interacting with hundreds of thousands of instructors being the face of a poster has anything that anything been surprising to you it's um it is oh man it is wild it's wild i always knew that i i, I felt it was natural on stage i felt that i could be myself yeah and it gave me confidence in my life that i did not have you know so the, the cool thing about being on stage and being part of group fitness and then getting good at doing it and seeing the results of your hard work and your mahi coming alive by more participants coming into class, deeper connection with the people, mastering your technique and your, and your, and your coaching and education around fitness. You know, like that confidence that you could do something really, really well and be great at it and love doing it, I think then... You know, for me, it wasn't surprising so much that more doors opened because I wanted to push. I wanted to go hard. I wanted to, you know, become a trainer and, and a, a national presenter and then eventually have opportunity to film, like to jump on a masterclass filming to inspire and influence other instructors. That was always kind of a goal in my mind. Um, yet, you know, the surprising part is just, I suppose, like the limitations that you put in your own mind about what you're good enough at doing. You know, when you say on posters or on on uh, videos, bro, like I'm like five seven point five. <laughs> like I'm, I'm a shorter dude. Like yeah, I yeah. never think I'd be like in New York doing a photo shoot um, for you know the latest Les Mills Reebok gear. But it's, those doors open, and I think it was a real testament to like just enjoying it for what it was you know what I mean like those doors yeah, opened yeah. because I loved doing the thing and then worked on the thing which created that pathway and and those who had the the um authority or the power to choose who was going to you know represent the program or step up you know I had the body of work behind me yeah. to, to then do it so it always felt like the right moment to step forward and go okay I'll put my hand up let's go let's, let's make it happen yeah and we and talked so, about it before, eh? Manifesting through action. That's like, right. Yeah. Living in living in that space and living and breathing it and being ultra passionate and being genuine about your connection to it, it will lead you eventually into that space. Um, and being grounded, I think, too, is like, you know, understanding the commercial side, the people side helps you to to have a more holistic look at what you're doing rather than um just you know swinging swing in the dark. You know, you're trying to you're trying yeah. to find out what to do don't worry about what you can't control i suppose there's a lot of topics around this but it's control what you can you know the class in front of you unlock and unleash you get another opportunity to move to a bigger time slot take that opportunity run with it get yeah. the numbers up get the people influenced you know like show that you can bring amazing value to people's lives in front of you which then brings value to the gym and makes it you know on the commercial side more successful so then the doors start opening a little further i think that's probably where i could i could see the forest from the trees a little bit with that yeah yeah and i always always go back to that first little that first little moment you know 
where you make a decision, that, that moment of passion or inspiration that makes you shift and say, yep, I can do this, right? It's just that little light that inspires you to make that move and go back to that little moment, that connection, that interaction, that class that, that you talk about, you know, and seeing you talk about it and light up, it just shows mm. how you can carry that with you and the importance of creating as us as fitness professionals, creating those moments, those experiences and, and, and the genuine connections that we can form through shared passion, I think is second to none. Um, you talk about the, the whole, the whole process and, and the gym being like a, a bubble, but you know, when, when you, the more you see of it and the more you interact with it, the more you see how connected it is to the actual purpose of what we're doing, what we're trying to achieve. So the difficulty, Absolutely. I guess the yeah. challenge for that bro is because, you know, times now, this is unheard of, um, you know, talking to, talking to people now, two meters apart with a mask on, um, trying to perform our jobs under incredible levels of stress. And in, and in a lot of cases, not even being able to do that for you as a motivator of the motivators, how do you work through that? What's your process and mindset in terms of trying to offer as much motivation as you can to the people who have to motivate, but also in terms of grounding yourself and looking after yourself too? Yeah. Because they're two completely separate things, but, but work in synergy, right? They, they have to, and I think the latter of what you're talking about is when you look after yourself that allows you to do the next part because it can't you can't pour from an empty vessel yeah and so what i you know i'm, I'm i'd say that like we're all struggling and and by no means have i nailed it to be honest with you and i think that's that's good like an authenticity about where we're all at and knowing that like everyone's tank is a little bit empty but embracing that and going okay look, what can we do by putting one foot in front of the other? What's that next step, that little spark of, of light and energy that we can pass on? You know, to me, to me, it's beyond the grandstanding, like hype video, like everyone let's rally because that's great in, in the moment and in the time. Yeah. But what I'm noticing now, particularly as we're trying to struggle through these moments is, is it's the little things that motivate you know, just get up in the morning and start moving, get up and go for a walk, you know, share passion about something that you're uh, interested in on social media, or, you know, connect with someone with a phone call or a text, you know, those little moments, um, those make the real difference, because I think it's, it's authentic to what people are going through, and, and it can feel almost, I don't know, for me, disingenuous, if you're trying to promote or feel like it's a, a brand exercise or yeah. you know forced uh motivation and you know that that kind of falls a little bit flat it's more those one-to-one -one connections and and certainly for me it's been actually the, the inclusion of discipline in my own life that's helped fuel the motivation because in my mind i think motivation is a is an emotion it's a feeling at a point in time you know what i mean like you feel motivated i'm motivated at this point in time but inevitably that motivation is going to dim or dip and what keeps you going once it does you know if we only trained when we were motivated i don't know if we would build that consistency to get the connections or the results that we're looking for right so yeah true 
it's that discipline around it too. It's just like, you know, get up, move your body, look after yourself, eat some good food, drink, you know, drink some water with your coffee in the morning and then head into the day with heart open, you know, authentic. Even if you're not feeling great, that's okay. Own it. And then yeah. move through. Yeah. Did you see a I shift? That makes that, sense, I mean, man. It's kind of like <laughs> No, bro. I mean that's that, yeah. that that's exactly the space that we're all in. You know, and appreciating that there is a level of stress that that there's an undertone and a really low vibration that everybody is carrying. And I think I only notice that when you get in situations of pressure and you snap, do you know what I mean? When you normally wouldn't. And that's just an indication that you're carrying a lot of weight. And I think for this, for us, especially with the DNC, it's about chatting, being able to chat to people, being able to talk to people about the real stuff, not being able to cover up and say, hey, man, when I'm feeling low, I use this, use my code. Subscribe, yeah, yeah, I totally yeah, hear you. Man. Like yeah. and subscribe. But, <laughs> but, I, but I see it a lot happening with a lot, a lot of people. And we just walk around trying to feel invincible, but there's this uncertainty that follows us all and you know with that does come stress does come pressure and we need ways to be able to articulate it we need people to talk to about it and what i love and seeing the journey that you're taking the social media journey have you found the transition interesting because when you start sharing more of that stuff the people that reach out to you absolutely it's yeah. way it's so different you know um there, there is a tension point you know i acknowledge when you well when i was an ambassador or in a position where I had to post. Yeah. There, there's an element where you're very conscious. Am I doing the brand service? Am I posting, you know, a cool image? Is it is it going to get the likes that I was or the attention that I was looking for? Is it going to net me more opportunity for those who select um, you know, in the brand Reebok or Lesmos or whatever it is, it doesn't have to be those brands. Whereas now for me, I feel like because I don't have that responsibility, which is, you know, good for those that do have it, that they have to maintain that relationship. But for me, the most engaging content that I put out there is the real stuff, you know, with the yeah. family or if I'm, you know, chatting about some certain situations that I'm facing, being really vulnerable in terms of my own mood or challenges, um, good and bad. I think that's been the, the most pivotal shift in social media for me. And I think if someone in my position can be real, you know, and, and vulnerable and show not just vulnerable to get the attention or sympathy, empathy from people, because I think that's also too a little disingenuous, but put out with no expectation of taking anything back. Yeah. But what you're putting out is like, I'm here, I'm with you. I feel too. Yeah. I know how hard this is. Uh, and if those of you are out there, you know, you feel like you're isolated in little bubbles and you're struggling, just know I'm here with you and we're together in this. And I think that's the shift that I've taken with that, um, to share the joy, share the pain, share the frustrations, because I know a lot of people out there may not have the confidence or the ability to communicate that or feel like they're connecting with someone who has that. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, you've got to feel what you say and say what you feel, be in a position where you're comfortable and confident. And it, and it does take, you just, you've got to break ground. Eh? You've got to take the first step in doing that. And it might be small bites. It might be part of a conversation or a chat that you have. And that gives you the confidence and that roll-on effect to do it 
more naturally or for it to come more naturally because it's tough man we talk about it all the time we're bombarded with all of these perfect images perfect lives on instagram on social media and here we are the expectation is so so high uh tall poppy syndrome all of those types of things that that we talk about that we see what are we aspiring to actually be what are we trying to achieve in life there's no kpis for us as a human really you know and and no one's measuring or managing it so we need to really and what you're doing to think a great job is is removing that fear and enabling people or empowering people just to speak and i think that's super important eh um because we're all we're all leaders and and we've discussed this before leaders create leaders and ideally that's what we want to do um so how you know as a as a fitness professional moving into obviously you've got a beautiful young family how do you i think coaching is the wrong word to use but your your children they have so many innocent interesting inappropriate questions that are just to the point kids do not muck around when it comes to asking stuff and sometimes it can be awkward and i know bro you're not the kind that goes just because <laughs> so when your children are asking you these questions about what's happening now about why are, why is everybody wearing masks what's happening at the gym why are you home so much mm. um versus why you're not home at all those types of things how how has that interaction changed for you it's continued the the transparency and honesty that Anis and I you know my wife Annika and I um yeah. that we've fostered in our kids you know we we don't hold back on the truth about things and also we're open to discuss different things you know obviously age appropriate but you know if we, we've got friends who are lgbtq plus you know like so they they're totally comfortable with everyone's kind of different journey and accepting of that journey which is just something that's been natural for the environment that we've raised um our, our kids in you know particularly being in the gym industry we have a lot of friends across the spectrum of um you know sexuality gender all of that type of stuff so the last thing we wanted to do is is put too much um filter on what's happening around the world with regard to covid as well is to be honest yeah. about what's happening but what we don't do is create the fear that's that's really important to us it's not mask up because you know there's this dangerous virus out there that's you know killing people off it's more like mask up because we're being respectful for others and ensuring that we maintain our distance because yeah Beautiful. people are getting sick and you may get sick yeah. um it's it's those conversations you know matilda she's only 4 so we, her understanding of what that is in terms of pandemic is is different to baby who's 7 but it's also allowing them to ask those questions so they don't um boil away inside and create that anxiety in our in our children and i think there's a a really good piece of um discussion and perhaps some like study around it where if your parents are stressed or if you are showing that you're you know frustrated or scared of something then it will naturally pass on to the kids yeah so what we've tried to maintain with arnie's and i is open discussion but never never spiraling into fear or um into anxiety with the kids there you know what i mean um 
of course there's a time and a, and a place to be serious and have the gravity of the situation but i think there's no need for us to in our sphere of control lose that sense of protection or you know to become too anxious or fearful in front of the kids yeah you know what i mean which may not seem like it's being fully authentic but i think there is an element where you as a parent you have the responsibility of caring for your family and creating that safety net around your family and that's certainly what i try and do is make sure that we have a safe environment at home um, and not just safety health and safety with COVID, but safe you know from judgment or from uh external factors interfering with the stability of mental health or emotional well-being at home yeah, we, we all know the benefit of coming home to a safe place i.e home when you can just have one of those days and walk through the door and suddenly you know home's like home and it yeah. relaxes you there's that instant calm and i love like for, for us it's always been about you know teach teach our children um right from wrong give them the ability to make decisions and take take ownership and always give them the confidence to ask questions because cody and i have good dive deep on this you know with the classrooms when even with you know the answer mate and you're still i'm about 99 sure i know this but you still won't raise your hand for the fear of getting shot down, shot down. Mm-hmm. yeah and that's what it's about empowerment and empowerment should start at the home first and yes. foremost but what i love about you know we're talking about the next generations although there's so much uncertainty when you can talk to children about what do you want to do in the future the world is literally their oyster to a certain extent when it was the expectation maybe for us growing up or definitely our parents and their parents before it was said you will do this this is your role and we've seen yeah. a massive massive shift and rightfully so we talk about uh equality equity um both male male and female um working harmoniously doing the same things getting challenged um and that's the great thing about a successful relationship too right challenging each other inspiring each other motivating motivating each other so how how do you how do you manage that because i have you have you have you had that discussion with your 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 children i know it's funny because you say they are incredibly incredibly young but you know for my my daughter she wanted to be involved in dental practice since she was i don't know she started talking about it when she was four and now she's 19 and, and working in a dental practice you know so to see that evolution and bro it was <laughs> it was the journey, <laughs> yeah. the journey was mountainous <laughs> many yes. many highs yeah, yeah. and many many lows <laughs> but this is life but here we are yeah. you know and yeah. i had a wonderful conversation with her as an adult as you will grow you know to have these wonderful deep conversations with your children as they learn and grow and in some in some days they become the parent you know they become the they become the educator as they learn more about modern life and interaction um is there any sort of wonderful stories that that your kids have shared with you in terms about future aspirations or is it just way too early to just live in life just it's it's a really good question they're kind of um at the at this point in time living life but what's being expressed and the interests that they have are quite different like beatrix who's seven she absolutely loves art and creativity so her drawings and paintings man they're just next level i'm looking at her like going how do you even come up with this stuff you know like we haven't taught her any drawing or anything she just has this affinity for 
uh, painting and being in the creative side of stuff. Now, for me, it's like in the broader picture of this, I still feel like, you know, with the equality, it's it's foster the interest that they have, and if it and if they are interested in in going down particular pathways, then support them on the journey to do that. Um, mixed with, you know, I do have some traditional leanings in terms of, you know, you've got to put in the hard graft, you've got to put in that mahi, you know, create some discipline around work and your approach to work, like have a good strong work ethic, and not to bail on things just because you don't like it. For example, you know, I want to ensure B Beatrix gets her reading done. And so I'll sit with her. She'll be like, oh, Dad, I don't want to read the books. You know, I'm like, babe, come on. You know, like reading is a very important skill. You know, at this point in time, there's no, you're not going to school to do any learning. And it's that type of stuff. It's the mixture of like, okay, there's some skills that you need to learn, babe. You just need to get down maths. We need to make sure that you're keeping up with your math and, you know, learning how to do those skills and not shying away just because you think it's boring or you want to watch YouTube or go off like down the street or whatever. Um, and play play at the park. There's there's that kind of guiding and shaping, not just full blown. You choose your destiny from seven years old, yay! But also like <laughs> a, you know, like okay, so let's make sure the skill sets there as well. And it, you know, if you don't like it, when you get better at it, you'll learn to appreciate it at least, and maybe even enjoy it when it comes along. Now, whether that's a good strategy at this point in time, I don't know. They're still super young. I mean, like Matilda's four, so. But she has her own leanings toward uh, playing with certain things. And like, you know, she's not an artist like her sister is, but she's very, very good at interaction. She's funny. She's got a real quick wit. And and when I say funny, I mean, she's hilarious. Like she's just got this natural humor that Second we haven't taught kids, her to be bro. funny. Second you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I Second it, yeah. kids, right? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's kind of the mixture of that in time, I'd love to have that discussion about what their interests are. You know, I don't want to push her down into uh, STEM fields if that's not where she wants to go, you know, like just because yeah. I want to fly the flag of like, you know, um, get down into technology routes, you know, if she is interested in that, absolutely, I'll support her 100%, but I do, I, st I do agree with the, you know, supporting her interests, supporting their interests and in, in what they want to do rather than doing it for us, you know, for any um, premeditated thought on what's going to make them successful later on in life. You know what I mean? Like, you must become a lawyer. Okay, maybe you're not interested in law. You must become a, dent or a dentist or a doctor. You know, perhaps that's not what they're interest interested in. But if they are, we're going hard. You know, I'll back you 100%. Yeah, work ethic okay, is, is incredibly important and something we need to teach more and, and potentially in school some people have it some people don't but the, again going back to that word discipline trying to teach our children to have the discipline to get up to do the stuff that is uncomfortable that we don't that we don't like and we've all been there <laughs> we've all walked a mile in those shoes hey and for parents man i feel like we lean heavily into e extrinsic motivation yeah it's always here's the reward do this work please babe clean your room and you'll get a treat you know it's like that's the lever to pull as a parent in the early days is because they don't they haven't yet fostered that sense of the intrinsic drive you know i do this because i know it's right for me yeah unless it's like you know drawing for beach just does that on her own but yeah i feel like at the early phases you're definitely trading off okay so if you go and clean up your room now or if you go and do your maths homework now we're going to go for a walk and we'll get like a fluffy or something like that and it's like whoa 
are we conditioning our kids to be like you know ex- extrinsically yeah. or externally motivated you know Woo. It's, a, it's a tough one man next time they next time they get asked to do something they'll be in for what for what <laughs> trade negotiations exactly i'm like wow we okay i gotta, I plug, have... in, I gotta plug in my laptop bro i've done <laughs> i've done this many times look i think yeah i'll let you come back bro I think one thing that I wanted to kind of circle back to, which is inclusive of the kids as well, is like, you know, all the opportunities that one is given, there's one train of thought where it's like, I worked, you know, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and and I worked for those opportunities and I got a chance to like get on stage and, you know, in the Les Mills world, become a presenter, trainer, whatever. But it would be remiss if you forget the element of, those who supported you on the journey to get there, who actually were in the position to open the doors. And so, you know, on the parenting side, it's like making sure that you give your children or, you know, whoever you're in charge of the opportunity to step through that doorway and then fly or, or fail. And, and yeah, you know, honestly, failure is amazing in terms of lessons, you know, because we talk about discipline but that all comes from when you fail and you pick yourself up again and fail again and you pick yourself up. Cause if you don't learn how to like deal with those shitty emotions of failure and like embarrassment and pick yourself up and keep going, that'll always hold you back in terms of stepping forward to put your hand up for any future opportunities. And if I align it to what I was talking about in, in terms of mentors, opening the doors, going back to a work side of things, you know, people like mid Thomas for me, you know, yeah. I wouldn't have had the opportunity to step up to a workshop. You know, it started with Caroline Jenkins, Source and Talent, said, you know, Mid, here's a video of T, have a look. Is he ready? Mid goes, yep, cool, get him on stage. You know, for the first workshop, I shadowed three tracks at the end of the release. <laughs> that was my first workshop. But when I shadowed, I made sure I bought that energy 5,000%. Yeah. So then the next time I got up, I got to teach a track. And, you know, um, Carla was in the back of the room and she was like, wow, this, this young guy reminds me of Mark Newton, you know, cause I had, uh, you know, like a certain energy that, that she, um, could relate to or could see that there was some talent there. And so then she like, you know, told me, let's lift the opportunities. So I think, yes, there's the, the one hand where you're like wanting to be disciplined, you work hard and you focus on your classes, but also there's an element of building relationships and, and mentors that believe in you. If someone believes in you, like if I, you know, I believe in my kids, I believe that they can do something. I believe in my team, national team presenters, trainers, assessors, like I've seen, you know, firsthand the effects of belief in someone take, you know, Vili Fafita, for example. So, him and Karan started off at Newland. They'd just done pump module with Maddie T. Maddie T moved over to Australia for a new opportunity. I came in as a new group fitness manager. And, you know, started off at the West side, brand new instructors. 10 years later, after that, you know, support and um, development and watching them grow and, and, you know, almost going jump off the platform and fly. You know, now they're at like the 
top of the game, filming most releases, um, leading the way for Les Mills International where I once did. You know, so I think it's that real amazing integration of the, the work ethic, the talent, the passion, but also the people that have a responsibility to, to bring through and encourage and believe in the people around us. You know, without them, without those people to open doors, it would be a really, you know, a glass ceiling approach, which I don't think is good, you know, which can happen in a system where one may be threatened by talent coming through. Oh, of course. And, and um, you know, I've been encouraging one of my focuses this week, and I, I put it on our, our diary. We do, a, we do a diary for just some thoughts and observations. But I've been really focusing on zooming out because there's so many things around the peripheral in life and you get tunnel focus. You tend to just brush past the things that matter most. And I've always said that for my children and, and with relationships that they build and social circles as well sometimes the people around them or closest to them are actually in the way and not the best for them. But there are people on the peripheral that have always been a fan, people that always stand behind them, that always want the best. Those are the people that you're missing. And those are the people that you need to connect with because they'll stay with you. You know, and you and we all have people like that in our lives that we look back and think, yeah, that person was 100% on my side. So it's just taking those moments and every opportunity, for it, gratitude, right? We all, uh, it's, a, it's a relevant word because all of these things that we're starting to feel grateful for, the simplest things in life that we're all cherishing, you know, the conversations, the just being able to hold hands, being able to sit down next to your loved ones at night and just relax, take a sigh, you know, having a, a wonderful warm home, um, all of those types of things that we can take for granted. And these are the little positive things that I find myself dancing between. And especially this week, just it reinvigorates you. And of course, acknowledging that, you know, just even uh, Friday morning, I was just on the laptop, just sending messages to say, hey, hope you're doing well. Just want to say thanks so much for your help. You've been awesome this week. Or, hey, just wanted to check in, say hi. Just acknowledging some of the people in the simplest of ways can make such a difference. That's so true. And how often... Do we forget to do that? I don't know if that's a human thing or if it's a New Zealand culture thing, potentially. Um, we think it in our minds, right? Go, man, they've been working really hard. They're awesome. But we don't articulate it. We don't say it enough. You know what I mean? Like we don't, I'm glad that you've said that you do that, man, because that's something that I really want to focus on for myself. It's not sending a message um, just out of the blue, you know, for just random stuff, but actually acknowledging and sending when that thought comes into your mind, it's like, wow, they've been doing such a great job. Articulate it, say yeah. it, put it out to the world because otherwise it's just going to die inside your head and like, you know, you just have those thoughts and be like, yeah, cool. You know, almost feel virtuous because you had that thought, yeah. but have done nothing about it. You know, <laughs> It's good um, that you're putting it out to the world, man. I, I forget to do that all the time. It's, it's you've got it, bro. Right. Shit, get out I say it every day, every day I tell my family, my my beautiful daughters and my wife that I love them morning and night and if I can I hug them if I can I hold them and I'm a hugger right I am a hugger yeah. I'll go in <laughs> not quite the long long awkward hugs of mid Thomas that just you know <laughs> she, <laughs> she will not let go she knows she knows the breaking point of, of every man and woman um how to her but just to be able to connect in that way 
and you know for me it's it's coping with those levels of intimacy right and having having a way to express my affection through positive interaction whether it's a smile whether it's a hug I mean I don't just go up to people and hug them in the street bro I mean you know you've got to you've got to open those gates you've got to have permission to do that type of stuff yeah this yeah. <laughs> I'm not going on going hi <laughs> how are you <laughs> Oh, bus driver, sick. Thanks for the ride, bro. Boom, I'm in. <laughs> but just to, just the smaller things. And, you know, I love the moment where even just little text messages just to say I love you or, you know, my, my both daughters are involved in relationships with other guys, with younger men now who are currently making the grade, thankfully. Um, my message to them was obviously that they, <laughs> yeah. they will never find uh, a man that will love them more than I do but if he comes close to even trying to do that then I'll be happy because their happiness is what brings me joy right that's all all you ever want as a father and as a as a as a husband as a as a but let's spread that wider as a friend right as a yes, mentor yeah. as a as Absolutely. a leader all, all we should ever want is the best for people and you know when when someone says something about their own success which is pretty rare um, and I think let's talk about our successes a little bit more. But when you go, mm, you sing <laughs> as if to say, I'm happy for you. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Be genuinely happy. I love just, I love seeing people brave enough to share something they're, they're, they're really proud of and being successful at. I'm like, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I love seeing people successful. And also the joy that it brings them. So we should really lift people up if they're brave enough to share little moments of success with each of us. We should be opening up and embracing it and, and um, making them feel comfortable in, in vocalizing and sharing that success and being motivated, motivation to others, right? You know, the old my success That's is it. your success, but it's true. We talk about the whole group, the whole group effect. Um, that, yeah, this, it's so true, actually, like when you say that, because there's an innate part of us where someone does something super amazing and articulates it, there's a part where it's like, oh, you, you feel suddenly it becomes about you, yeah. you know, and, and that's the weakest side of ourselves, right? Like that are going, oh, you know, so stoked that you got that opportunity. And it's like, <laughs> uh, but what about me? <laughs> I'm happy for you, but it should be mine. <laughs> yeah, but why can't we be stoked, just stoked that that person's getting that opportunity because that actually has no bearing on me. It's my own lens of judgment and comparison that actually makes me feel some way lesser than that person's opportunity or their success, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think, yeah, why that's a good moment for someone. In fact, you know, like if you're thinking of that personal growth yourself, it's like, notice it, notice it. How many times have you been super stoked for someone getting that selection or that, that um, prize or whatever without it having any detrimental emotional effect on you. Because that's you telling, that's your mind telling you something that there's some either unresolved issues there, or maybe that you feel guilty because you aren't putting in the work that you think you should be putting in. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. it's a really interesting process. Number one, normalize success. We should be proud of the things we do, of course. And, you know, to that point, it's like, it's not blowing your own trumpet. It's just simply being proud of the, the effort and the mahi that you're putting in, right? But also on the same vein, it's like, actually, um, I should be 
stoked for others too. And if I do have those feelings of like inadequacy or um, I'm missing out, where is that really coming from? Yeah. You know, and if I can fix that, then maybe that's going to have a, a, a flow on a cascade effect on the rest of my life and gratitude in other areas. I think if we, and, and if we're in positions where we get involved in one of those conversations or someone mentions something, you know, it's, it's great to say, man, yeah, they've worked incredibly hard. Shit, they deserve it. How awesome to see them flying or how awesome to see them doing this. I'm so happy for them. And the other, per, you know, the other person may, in that instance, it might, might trigger something that recognizes that it's like, oh, wait, hold on. Yeah, that's a side of me that I didn't see. So being able to check people in those instances and remind people, because as for you, bro, um, the invisible stuff, the mahi that people don't see, right? We talk about yeah. what, they, what they see is the end result. What they don't see is the reps. What they don't see is the commitment. What they don't see is the focus. What they don't see is the scrolls of paper. And even if it comes naturally, there's still work. There's still doubt. There's still fear. And I think one wonderful thing, you know, recently did an online course and seeing these people that are um, wonderful at what they do, how they're articulate, how they're passionate, and and everybody in that moment of learning was scared, right? There was a fear that I didn't expect, that I thought I carried, but it was a shared mm. fear because no one really knew what was happening. And mm. the we, we talked about the imposter syndrome. So hearing people, because of that experience, experiencing that, do you think the do you think the fitness industry is responsible for that? Or is it, is it society? Is it, a, is it a reflection of what society is pushing towards us? Wow. What an interesting question, because I think it's, it's, there's a lot of nuance to it as well, right? Like, yeah, for sure. You know, and I mean, with, within the fitness industry, it's so wrapped up in my perspective of it is that it's wrapped up in this whole human behavior of visual aesthetic, you know, like yeah. the fitness industry is, is a lot, a lot of it gets skewed because of our human and um, innate decision-making process. Like if we see someone who's super fit or looks aesthetically pleasing, we're like, yes, you know, attribute more success and more, um, I suppose, confidence in, in that person. And so then that drives people to replicate that, to, to become more uh, reputable in the fitness industry, right? Like, so if I'm like, you know, fit, stacked, rippling abs, then I'm more likely to have someone, you know, to a client base that's going to follow what I do and make more money and be successful from that. Or it could even be, you know, the flip to that is like, I put out on social media, just screeds of research, education, you know, to kind of almost come from that angle. So it's like, I've done PhDs and, you know, uh, bio, you know, bi biochemical science or, you know, physiology or anatomy and made, made that kind of my angle in the fitness industry and kind of flex down that end, which makes anyone else who, you know, may have a six month PT course, like who am I to speak up, you know, who am I to even, um, you know, start my own business when there's a bunch of like amazing athletes or super, uh, researched academics in this field. Um, and I think that drives the behavior in terms of what people want to put out there. Because I know for a fact, there's a, a lot of people that will put out an aesthetic on social media about their fitness brand. But actually when you meet them in person, you get to know who they are. They're very grounded, very caring. 
um, very understanding, but what you see on social media is the is the flex. Yeah, like does that does that kind of do you see that happening, yeah, bro? Like, yeah, bro, and and I think you because you explained it beautifully in another conversation. It's it's if if we're confusing product with purpose, mm-hmm. because the the product itself has a purpose that's attract to attract as many people as we can into the fitness industry to get healthy to move and with the with the purpose once they come into that environment that we all share the responsibility to foster to create to assist people when they walk in the building to experience what we've all experienced those moments where you walk into a class and go oh wait what the f is this i love it i love it but connecting to the to the to the purpose not getting confused with the product the product does have a purpose but it's not our purpose right that's the machine mm. it's definitely the machine and i see i see um both both ends of the scale and and um it's it's interesting to see how people balance that sometimes they become too focused on the picture being the product and they lose sight of those what those beautiful things and those moments that connect them to the purpose yeah. And we all do it. And it's hard. Oh, bro. It's yeah, like it's so is. hard to find that balance. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can see why it would happen. And I can, you know, that's why there's no blame or judgment. You know, I think it's, it's whatever you can do to make it work for you. And those, oh, and there's an element where like the market will decide or, you know, the exposure to, to whatever it is that we're trying to do will determine the outcome of success so if you are you know putting out there and like flexing on the gram but then you have a really solid purpose behind you and people who interact with you change lives and and improve then you're going to be successful there'll be longevity to what you're doing right but if you don't and you just flex and don't have the substance then it just will very quickly be weeded out in the market yeah so there's uh, that's what i mean there's an element where yeah, I think, you know, the longevity comes with the purpose and your value add and the ability to, to understand your clients or the relationship you have with the people that you interact with. Yeah, innovate, evolve and inspire. Um, yeah. Mate, away, away from the gym, obviously, you know, your, your beautiful wife, your far better half, you like me have won the lottery. <laughs> yeah won the lottery when it, when it comes to to securing the woman of our dreams our life our life partner our ride or die right our ride yes. or die um 100%. And, and for me you know my my soulmate my my reason my everything right and and as your relationship has evolved and again in these challenging times are there things that you've learned from your relationship that you can probably pass on to some of the listeners, some of the some of the things that have helped you evolve as a couple. Because I, uh, I talked about it last week, I think in reference to when your I becomes we, yeah. when your me when your me becomes us, you know, and you, and you're firmly living that as well. So you 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 are interacting in the space where everything you do has flow and effect. But you know, again, fortunate to have an absolute rock star and a pillar. <laughs> who gets you like no one else who sees you at your absolute worst but still worst, loves, yeah, you, yeah. Reg- loves you regardless yeah what, what are some of the things that 
as your as your relationship evolved, what are what are some of the things that you've noticed have evolved with it? Yeah, uh, what I've noticed is a real sense of self accountability and how it plays into our relationship. And so, the danger that I was in is that I would have this lens of you know our relationship being something that. Um, you know, just was, it just happened naturally. You know, we just trying to vibe with each other and, and not really look at what I'm contributing and how I am with myself when it comes to the relationship with Annika. And so the biggest lesson that I learned was like, if I'm not good and I can't bring my best, most open, trusted self to that relationship, then we're not going to go far because I'm never going to really get to the point where our communication is open and honest. I'm, you know, will tend to uh, blame certain situations. You know, I get frustrated very quickly with, with different things, you know, whether it be with dealing with the girls or um, our finances or even our like physical relationship together, you know, it'd be yeah. like, why don't you do this? Why don't you? All of the questions that I would have in my, why aren't you um, more loving? Why is it when I get home, you know, like the focus is on other things and the kids and, you know, you always um, bring up how I'm not performing around the house and, you know, I need to clean up more. I need to be mindful of this, all of this stuff. You know what I mean? And I would always look at it from, you know, previously from the angle of like, well, you know, our relationship is conditional on me, you know, doing all of these tasks. And in my mind, I love you for who you are. You know, I don't care about the goddamn <laughs> dishes. Leave the dishes. You know, the house man is conditional. We're called a man. <laughs> <Yeah, things. exactly. laughs> My love is unconditional, baby. Like, doesn't, it, you know, like the house could be trash and I still love you. <laughs> Whereas, like, that was a flip for me. I was like, but to her, to Annika, me not caring about that means I don't care enough. To, to, to get to pull my weight to do the things that are necessary to keep the home together and I realized I had nothing to do with her it was me yeah. you know I had to wow. be self-accountable to how I'm showing up how am I how am I showing up in my relationship as a dad as a, a partner as someone who is a, you know a team member for the house am I showing up like bringing my a game or am I just waiting for like Captain Arnie's to do everything and I'm just kind of pissing around at the back like being useless dad you know like the the typical trope that you see like Homer Simpson or <laughs> you know Peter Griffin on Family Guy like there's a trope of like that kind of hapless helpless dad that's bumbling around you know and <laughs> to some extent I'm like hmm what am I doing here am I am I truly being my best self in this relationship or am I expecting that people, you know, my wife included, bring their game to me so I can be like happy? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think, yeah. If that resonates, hopefully, it's like taking some, you know, accountability, looking in the mirror and going, how am I actually showing up here? Is it my ego getting in the way? Thinking that I'm like the provider, thinking that I'm, you know, this, the, the awesome dude making moves and, you know, um, getting after a hashtag uh, rise and grind when I'm completely ignoring all of the stuff that actually makes our house a home. Yeah. And, and, and stuff like that. So that, that was it for me. It's like 
bring yourself to that. And even the little things, bro, that you said, you know, how often do I say, babe, I love you. Or babe, you look absolutely beautiful. You know, I might think that in my mind as I see Arnie's getting ready or doing a thing, or, you know, you sometimes just sit back and watch your partner do oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love, right. I love you so much, but you don't say, the, say that and articulate it. So, you know, then if she never knows, then it just looks like I'm being like a callous, cold, All you hear negative is energy. All you hear is Barry White starting to play <laughs> in the mind, like, mm, yeah. Especially if I bring <laughs> problems from work home and I unload Woo! like, oh man, babe, it was a tough day, blah, blah, blah. So every time I'm like unloading all the stuff for her to carry for me and I'm like, dude, no, like articulate more, share your feelings more have the conversation listen bro i'm no good at listening <laughs> i talk too much <laughs> that's something i need to do more actually listen just the lip and and be present yeah that's yeah. it eh? being 100 percent present in those conversations because you know i my, my i joke about it all the time my lovely wife likes to have those conversations about half past 10 at night once my head hits the pillow and i laugh i laugh but but if that's the space, if that's the time that we can really connect and she can grab my attention, my job is to make sure that there are other times during the day that she can have that attention. And and as you were saying, the grind, the grind is everything, right? The marriage and family and being a husband and being a father and being a mother and being a family unit is hard. That's the grind. Life is the grind. We're working on these other things to make ourselves more, you know, physically fit mentally fit trying to find ways to relieve stress trying to earn enough money to live just to survive that's the grind the whole thing you know it's one massive kaleidoscope of stuff um and i think the one thing that i always fall back on and cody and i have talked about it and we're going to get a get a wonderful balance as we invite a female onto the panel as well but talk about the love language understand the triggers yes. and the things that your partner, the love of your life, that they need from you or they respond to because you could be buying lavish gifts and it's just not connecting. Whereas okay. me, Justine is acts of service. The more I can do for her small things. Um, but it's funny, as you get teenagers, you're like, why don't you make your bed? Because oh, it just gets done. Yeah. You know? You know? <laughs> so so um, I, I'm the cook. I am the cook of the family. It is my great pleasure and my gift to be able to share with my family. I love, I, but I love doing stuff for them. And, you know, I like to clean up too, spotless. That's just the Virgo nature in me. I love to do that as well. But there's opportunities where I get to, to do things that Justin does. Man, I will not touch the vacuum cleaner, though that is her domain. I will not touch <laughs> it because I've been there yeah. before. I've been there before. I've tried and it just, I just didn't quite measure up when it comes to performance with the vacuum cleaner so i gave it a shot man i'll step away from it so i can do everything else but just vacuum is just not me i've just managed to also secure a vacuum that works underwater for justine so she's just loving life at the moment because she can vacuum the land and the sea I said, babes <laughs> why don't you go down the beach <laughs> take your vacuum down the beach and see how many granules of sand you can suck up it'd be amazing <laughs> but the, the, the more stuff that I can do for her, that's what makes her feel good and feel happy, as yeah. well as telling her that I love her every day. 
as well as holding her. Men are easy, right? We just touch. A lot, most touch, of men are just, yeah. just touch me. <laughs> just, hold, <laughs> just hold me and words. Tell me that I'm great. Tell me that I'm great. <laughs> but um, Bro, I'm definitely, one I'm second. definitely touch. I, I actually have the same issue. I need to run and get this charger. Otherwise, this is Do gonna... it. Yeah, Do it. give me one second. We can, we can pause there. Charger tings. That is what happens. The reality of socializing on the media when all you want to do is chat and you forget those little peripherals. Like we were discussing about the little things in the relationships, the little hugs, the little holds, the little times to say, I love you. The small things, you know, um, even picking a flower from someone else's garden discreetly and presenting that to your loved ones even your kids is something wonderful and um well doggies I can, hear, I can hear heavy breathing Yay! the run my lord ah. <laughs> it's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> gas this that was the moment mate all of that training <laughs> All of that, all of that morning mahi was for this moment. It was for this moment, absolutely. I wish I could have put a theme song to that run. Yeah, up three flats. Let's Yo. go. Oh, wowzers. <laughs> Woo. Um, yeah, I mean, lo love language. And, uh, and as I say to my kids, I, words, we've, we've had a chat to, before with our with our whānau, words are, words are funny, you know, because people telling you that you're good at stuff, um, we always shy away from it. Well, I, I do anyway. You know, when you when someone tells you something, you're like, just, I, you I know. Know, I've become trying, trying to get better yeah. at owning it and appreciating it and thanking people in those moments because I don't want people to feel like if they tell you that you've done something really good and like uh, it kind of, you know, the, the bravery that it takes for someone to tell you that, we don't want to tarnish those moments. So I'm saying thank you so much. That means the world to me. You know, when people reach out, connect. I absolutely agree, man. Like it, it does seem um, like a rebuttal almost when someone doesn't acknowledge that you've said, hey, man, that's such a great job. It's like, oh, no, just trying to be like you. So like, you know, oh, yeah, it's, it's no big deal. I'm like, no, it is. It really is a big deal. Good on yeah. you for doing that. Yeah, yeah. And like you, I think it's a, a humility thing. You don't want to come across like you're arrogant or cocky so you kind of downplay it a little bit but actually just the simple like thanks man i really appreciate you saying that it's a celebration i really needed to hear that you know yeah i've had an incident recently and we talked about it a while ago where someone came up to me in terms of uh, you know an, an experience and in, in, in a way that they had helped them which was a, an interesting experience for me because the whole thing went full circle and being able to hear that just connected me and it made everything um everything kind of made sense in that moment why I went on that journey and to hear that something that I had done had affected someone profoundly was incredible and I had no words for once lost for words in those <laughs> in those moments what was the what actually happened man what was the situation are you able to share yeah of course story? yeah of course yeah. I think I've talked about it before but um through uh, I mean, it was a while ago now doing a, having been selected to do a DVD and incredibly grateful to be able to have the opportunity to work with Glenn and Sarah, Pete Annual, 
um, the legends to be able to go up and, and be on that stage in the original Auckland studio um, to do that. And, and, you know, there were elements that I felt really proud of and I'd never celebrated the moment, but I was incredibly hard on myself afterwards for the things that potentially I felt I should have done or could have done. Yeah. And, and you know what it's like, the, the, the machine evolves and moves so incredibly quickly that, that you're left a little bit to sort of sit and dwell on those thoughts. And I did that way too much. And so for me, it always became one of these things that I hadn't really sat down and digested. But I was out, outside uh, a class and a, and a guy came up to me and he said, um, uh, you're Adam Rigby, eh? And he goes, yeah. And he said, I just want to tell you, I just want to tell you something. I need to tell you something. He said, I wasn't going to come today. And then I saw your name and on the timetable and I thought I'd come into your class. And he said, they've come over from Australia. And he said, um, years ago now, I suffered from severe, de severe depression. And one of my friends was involved in the gym and she gave me a couple of DVDs and said, sit down, watch the DVDs, get moving, get inspired. And one of those DVDs was a DVD that I did after 58. And he said, just watching that, listening, listening to your words, he said, I don't know how to say this, articulate it, but he said, it literally saved my life. Wow. And I was... Yeah, for I me, this, yeah. fuck, this experience Man. that I had, I was indifferent about and I carried a lot mm. of, uh, there was a lot of darkness for me involved after the, after the experience. But then, but then to hear that, I was like, holy shit, because you never know those you interactions, know. Yeah. Yeah. the importance and it's positive and negative, right? You never know. Um, and that's why I'm saying be present in conversations when people are talking to you or trying to tell you something and be open to it connect to it and accept if it's a compliment and accept if it's pa passionate or positive feedback that will help you get better at what you do accept and own those moments but for him to come in and then his partner came the following night and said exactly the same thing he's like just I can't believe it I can't yeah. believe it and I, I was stunned and and our group fit manager was there too and she was like holy shit and I and yeah. I kind of stopped, and he walked away, and he was just on his phone. And I just walked up and said, "Look, sorry, sorry, I just had a hard reset." But I said, "You have no idea how much you saying that and us connecting means to me." Means, yeah, yeah. And I just want to say thank you for coming, and thank you for being brave enough to share that with me. I said, "From here on on, we are completely connected." Yeah, you know. And I said, "Can I give Absolutely. you a hug?" And he's like, "Yep." Let's go. Gave him, <laughs> gave him a massive, genuine moment of connection. And it yes. was just, yeah, blew my mind. Just blew my mind. Mm. So it's, it's amazing, you know, and to think of all the people that, that we've had the opportunity to inspire that you just never know. Some people will talk to you about it, but it's the people yeah. that don't that walk out of there. You may see the unhappiest person in the corner of the room, but you have said something that they carry with them. They've had the shittest day and they walk out feeling good, a moment they will carry. And sometimes they carry it for a long, long time. As yeah. much as, you know, we read the four, Cody and I are big fans of the four agreements. Be immaculate with your word, the effect it has to someone else, but also how they view you, the perception of you as you speak. So, I'm always super conscious of that, but in, in that moment, I was like, oh, way, 
What? I know that's big. <laughs> that's big, man. That's heavy. Oof. Yeah, something you never, something I never expected, uh, never expected to hear. You know, particularly um, as you touched on, Adam, and I think this is a, an important point because that filming, I know, just from previous conversations with you, perhaps wasn't the experience that you thought or wanted it to be. Um, but having said that, that whatever it was had that dramatic effect on that particular viewer or that person, the man that you were talking to, and probably thousands of others as well, which kind of, in my mind, when I think about that, it's like so many times we can do something and, and maybe not feel like it was as fulfilling as we wanted it to be or didn't have the impact on us that, it, that we thought it might have. But once you zoom out a little bit and go, actually, all these touch points, this thing that I did, this RPM 58 release that I filmed, and, and many people's memories would be the best release that they've ever done. Yeah, and you were, the, you, you were like the most inspirational instructor that they've ever seen, you know, and unique in that, res, in, in that respect. How did you, how has been, I know I'm kind of asking you the question. Oh, here, go, bro. Yeah, this is what it's all about. How, how did you reconcile I mean, this probably that story that you shared is probably a, a big part of it. How did you reconcile your feelings of RPM fifty eight when you said there was a bit of darkness there, or there was? I think an I experience didn't, that didn't hit. Yeah, you know, it's like looking to the top of the mountain and not really appreciating the journey, or mm -hmm. getting to the top of the mountain and not appreciating the view. And for me, it was just sitting back and realizing a the 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 occasion itself and being there and actually getting to that point. And, um, and and in reference to that, you know, not not, I think the, the issue was maybe looking too far beyond that point, and exper not experiencing the moment, because there was energy and man, I was jacked up on so much caffeine. I can tell you what happened that day, but it's out on it's on it's on, it's on video, but um, but recognizing the people and and you know the blighty that was up there lee smith was there pete manuel who was amazing glenn and sarah gracious and kind and inviting me into their house and their home which was like going to buckingham palace Matt, back in the day you know and, <laughs> yeah. and it was all of those it was all of those things when when you talk about imposter syndrome you're sitting there and going holy shit it was bizarre it was just yeah. really it was really bizarre for me and but it's just very... going oh you go bro you but just just recognizing the people that were there and had a massive crew from Welly come up and and support which was amazing which was incredible um there was a moment in there where i talk about a sand pit and that's become kind of famous or infamous and hearing that there's a group in australia called the sand pitters who were the group that trained on that dvd which was hilarious yeah. i heard that at least miss wedding actually i'm like you're what you're what <laughs> People still remember that. Oh, it, you know, but it's 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 funny. You know, I I think I focused on two percent of, you know, the, the entire the entire picture, um, and I took put too much pressure on myself after. I don't know what my expectation was afterwards, but just going back and reversing it and thinking about man the steps that I took, you know, from that first moment where I got on stage with Latu, in in City Fitness, and he goes, I oh, City yeah, Fitness. Yeah, he just takes off his mic and goes, here you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> the reason I asked too, because I'm in the position where 
you know, certainly for the New Zealand side, and I know what it's like on the international side as well, where I see our presenters and trainers, you know, the top of the top in New Zealand, still never really enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. And I'm like, I try my very best to try and find some way of helping them be present and go, this is the moment. I know you can't see it, but this is it. Like, this is the time where you should be just present, embracing these opportunities, you know, workshop or, you know, going up to a global filming event or, or whatever. I think it's our future expectation of like, oh, but I'm going to do the next one and I want to be there for the next five years or, you know, I want to film the next 10 releases. We have absolutely no control over it. And yeah. in fact, some of those decisions are not based on performance at all. It's based on the schedule of programming, the schedule of product release, all of that plays into it. And yet, time and time again, bro, I see, you know, our wonderful, amazing presenters, you know, have that moment to film and then go, when, when am I doing the next one? <laughs> and I'm like, this, this was it. That was yeah. the moment, yeah. you know? And one of the things that I talk about with um, the current crew who are, I'm close to, you know, the likes of Vils and Tash who are filming now, it's like, treat every single one like it's your last one. Yeah. You know, never, never expect that this is going to be the next one coming or, or whatever, unless it's, you know, built into a contract or something. But it's almost like that gratitude of being in the moment at the time. And that is it. Like, it's like, yes, I can be present. This is it right now. I'm here. And whatever happens next is all good. You know, that's, that's a real, it's a real hard moment, you know, for me as yeah. the manager of these people and also being in that position myself. And it's very different. Eh? It's, it is polarizing. And I think for me, when you get in the small, back in the day when it was the small studio, you jump in and it's got this big light board and massive camera that was very, very close. And mm -hmm. I'm, I remember moments like that thinking, oh, shit. But, <laughs> yeah. but you know, and it, but I go back and, and the realization for me after that point, when I just had a chance to go back and talk to other instructors and connect with the members is, you know, ground zero is where we make the impact. The, the, mm. the lights and the cameras are great and have the, have, having the ability to connect to instructors and inspire them to inspire others is amazing. We should always strive to be the absolute best version of, version of ourselves regardless of what our mm -hmm. expect, expectation is of where we should be or where we feel we should be. And man, if you're DVD ready, you never know, peeps. You never know. Never know. Yeah. <laughs> but but strive to connect, strive to inspire everybody that you touch, not just in your class, outside of class. And we, we, we connect to living, living the brand and the values and just be the type of person that others want to be around. And, and that for me is the gold. And that's what I love, just fronting up to the club and being able to connect and talk to people and inspire instructors and talk to them and the importance and, and those values in terms of we are here to inspire people to move to improve uh, stress, to, to relieve stress, mm -hmm. to give them the opportunity to better articulate themselves. Because because we know, you know, sometimes performance leads to a little more confidence. And then that may flow over into other things in their lives. Um, what's great for me is seeing younger instructors, as you know, come on and then see their evolution as people. Yeah. You know, we've yeah, all been absolutely. in the sit in the little grom as we're trying to learn and trying to emulate the rock stars, and then all of a sudden they start to evolve, and it becomes and and you can see it as it 
as it affects other stages in their lives. And it's wonderful as they take on the mantle and we should all cherish it. Like you say, not just the opportunity like that, that if every moment was our DVD moment, you know, if every, every second was our, every minute was our last minute, the change in philosophy, how we would embrace like that zooming yeah. out, how we would embrace those moments. If you've got, if you knew you had 30, 30 more minutes with a loved one, how different oh, those 30 yeah. minutes would be. So why not every 30 minutes that you get to spend with that, embrace that same philosophy. Um, and mate, that's that, what I'm all about. Yeah. It's so true. It's so powerful. Like that, the gratitude and the presence of being present. You know, when I say presence, I mean, being present and valuing that time and almost like absorbing as much of that time as you can stretching that time as long as you can stretch it you know when you're when you're present with um someone or in a moment and i'm particularly bad at that bro like my mind thinks of five thousand different things that i could be doing or could be you know solving all the time i'm i'm never in the present <laughs> i don't know if like you you know you're like this bro but like i'm never in the present i always think okay what's happening next what's the next cool thing okay i might do this and i might and then i'll be sitting here and thinking shit i've just sat next to my daughters who's telling me a story about something and i'm a million miles away i'm thinking about what's happening for dinner what i'm planning next for you know work or yeah it's it's a really hard practice for me but i, I think it's beneficial it's been so beneficial to start that process of being present and and the way that I've found the most powerful route of doing that is gratitude. I yeah. couldn't do it just by like, you know, uh, listening to a meditation or sitting there and going, hmm, be present, mm, you know, like that didn't work for me. It was that it was the gravity of being um, able to do the thing that I'm doing. Like I'm so lucky how, how, grateful can I be that I have my family with me that I have this time to sit with my daughter and I'm watching her read me a story or tell me a story about something that happened at kindy or school you know um how how wonderful is it to be in this moment where I'm standing on stage in Stockholm looking at 2,000 people in front of me crazy shit while I'm dancing you know like it's those moments where it's like you know you want to have that experience, like you said, in every meaningful moment that you can throughout your life, right? And those are the things we remember, and those can be some of the things that people remember about you. So, so it comes down to legacy too. And I talk about this, like moments like this that we're sharing now. This is on YouTube, bro. This is on Spotify. This becomes part of the legacy where people get to see how we feel, how we interact, how we chat. Um, you know, not necessarily like our, our partners, our beautiful partners, get to celebrate our best achievements. And they obviously get to see the impact that it has on us as people as well. Some of those dark moments, you know, where you just, but, but I think the overwhelming thing, eh, like, like our partner, like aunties will know you and know when it's just, the bro needs quiet time. It's just Justin needs yeah. me. And that's, and that's what I found too, bro. So, you know, I've gone back to, into cycling. I've bought another bike, which enables me to get out. And I found that I felt, I felt, over the last maybe two, three, four weeks, I've been continuously tipping the cup and helping so many people in different situations and being a massive empath. 
you know, it's hard because you pour out so much of yourself. And what I found is the batteries were getting low and I felt it and there was something missing. And for me, it was just that solo time, just, just to be able to remove myself and do something that I'm passionate about or something a little bit different, a different version of something I was passionate about. And then suddenly, so I operate in an iPhone with a plugged in versus not plugged in. You know, suddenly yeah. I've got the suddenly I've got the plug and the battery is just continuously. We're both been through that now, bro, with the charger. <laughs> you know, suddenly it's like, <laughs> yeah, man, black, black screen. Whereas now we're like, happy days, mate. We can talk for twenty four like, hours, bro. Let's let's go. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Um, when you say that solo time, wow! Like in this lockdown experience my goodness it's so necessary and i didn't realize how necessary until you're with your loved ones for 24 7. you know like like you man getting back on the bike out there with your own solo time like i will go for a run in the mornings every morning get up go for a run my it bands are a little tight now so i'm actually pivoting back onto that onto the stationary bike because you know you start running 5k every day after never running in 20 years <laughs> your body's like bro what are you up to <laughs> so yes i'm cresting my it band now um by cycling Ooh. but it's 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 amazing though right like the process in which when you're by yourself when you're working hard there's no one around you there's no like one to push you on it's literally your own mind there with your body just going hard all of the the things that come out you know that should tell you to stop or you know to tell you to ease up i think that's a really great practice alone because yeah. once you get the demons out then you come back home and you're like whoo i'm at peace <laughs> i'm one with the universe <laughs> And there's just so much better like mood for the family. And then you can give all of yourself. Um, I think, you know, for me, that's certainly it. Like, and, and I find passion in the grind and, 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 you know, going into that like hurt locker. But for you with the cycling, does that, is it like tapping back into your passion, bro? Like that's, that's a thing that you do that that's for you filling that cup. It's a lot of things, eh? I mean, um, for me, cycling, and one thing I notice, you know, I love to cycle alone, but also like to cycle with a, with, a, with a mate at times. And there are times, even when you're cycling with someone else, like if you're going up a climb, you're just in this whole other world where you're just digging deep. Um, for all, all the well, majority of the ride was off-road today, so it was terrain that I wasn't familiar with. So learning, almost relearning how to, to operate, rehoning skills, just being outdoors, challenging myself, feeling my heart rate just start to elevate, feeling all that fear and doubt and anxiety about the intensity. And geez, I used to be able to do this, you know, comparison to the old me that used to be able to charge up these, what am I yeah. doing? But also, you know, random other thoughts where I had the ability to, to process some of the stuff that was going on this week. And then the opportunity to sound out to uh, my writing buddy, Sam, which will give me, put me in a better position to actually sound out to Justine and the family or my workmates, you know, things that I've been processing. It's good to have a trusted buddy as well. So as much as the solo, the solo time was great for me, I mean, I love, I've got a passion for cycling and bikes and being mm. fortunate enough to be able to do that all, all over the world. And we were talking about that as well today, but just to be able to get out and experience the freedom. And that's what I love about bikes, right? 
and for years I was tied into road bikes, look flash, tight lycra. Yeah. <laughs> Pro vibes, yeah, nice. uh, you know, smart gates. <laughs> and now yeah. it's for the first time last week, I went out, I went riding with a t-shirt on. I was like, wow, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> who is this guy? And, uh, and, but, but I got back and I'm like, wow, man, that was just amazing. And uh, twilight ride, just going out, having fun, vibing with the mates, having fun, having a, having, having a laugh. Um, and then getting back and just going, right, dinner time back on Great. the tools you got to like feed the soul for a little bit do something for you like uh that's so good for me what we've been doing and then with bus hollander chris richardson we have a a dad's chat every friday night so Beautiful. we'll grab a beer or something and then link up for a dad's chat and it you know it covers all of the you know the typical like relationship stuff that we wanted to raise or you know some topic of interest that we wanted to talk about but yeah, when you say that, like getting that solo time, but then, you know, that's not solo time, but it's it's your time. Yeah. You know, like it's it's giving yourself that outlet with a trusted group where you can feel be- that you belong to something, where you belong to something that's yours. Whereas, you know, everything else in the house is is ours. You know, like I don't have my own room this is our house to be in but yeah. for that connection and that circle of friends that's mine that's something that i'm fostering that that helps to fill my cup and in, in the sense of individuality because you know and maybe you've experienced this like do you experience that you kind of almost lose the sense of self you know you do become i you're, you're an i but you become a we yeah. but then you can almost forget that you're an i as well yeah and you 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 know the sense of identity alone should be strong as well as your identity as a unit oh of course mate because you know all, all you of know the what things i mean like make you inherently you are the things that the other person fell in love with as well so it's important to exactly stay, stay true to those things yeah and, yeah yeah, and yeah retain that passion and that fire and that intensity and having things to share with the other person i mean justin and i are very similar in a lot of ways we love the same things She's coached me into a couple of things to be able to enjoy some stuff. You know, the funny thing about us, I, I love going away and challenging myself. She will lie on a beach and shop. And that's just not me. But we find a way to make it work. Even, even the yes. trip, she travels with my daughter to Hawaii because, bro, I can't sit still. Oh, <laughs> I can't lie on a beach. Man, if I, and I tell the story all the time. We went to Australia and I tried to follow Justin around a mall. And uh, I, I'll go to... Oakley store maybe there might be a sports store or a, a nice men's fashion store there's like three shops out of 200 <laughs> I tried to yeah. follow Justine into a store and I walk into the shop and bro seriously I was just ambling through taking a look and I was just walking past the counter which was about a third of the way through the shop she had done the lap scouted every single product in that shop she was out mate she's like next shop I'm like what <laughs> <laughs> How does that even happen? I can't keep up. I said, man, I'll be at the cafe. Just I'll just sit down. I'll grab a cake and a coffee. And how about we yeah. just rally up? And so I just let it go. I just let yeah. it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that frustration too when I'm in, in the shopping mall with Arnie's because they, you know, her and Baby and and Tildy's all take the time going through shops. And I'm kind of like, cool. Okay, so we're here to buy whatever it is. You know, Arnie's looking for a pair of jo- shoes and a dress. And um. And I'll follow in it. Cool. You know, found the shoes. Okay. No, not yet. I'm going to a different shop. I've got the dress. No, I'm looking at like um, bathwear. And I'm, 
but we have for shoes and a dress. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. I'm just gonna go. Yeah, I just like you, bro. I'm just gonna go grab a coffee. I'm gonna chill out for a bit. We'll just meet back here because otherwise, I'll get like frustrated and anxious that then that's not fair on her because you know this is a cool time for her. It'll piss her off, and then it just ends up being a sad experience for everybody. So I'm like, no, 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 no. This is your issue, my man. Take yourself and go plant yourself over here. <laughs> just get out of the way <laughs> bro we're so i mean i think the thing is we are so different um but we need each other to to evolve i think in in terms of our our connection and our way of thinking because you know there are some times when my daughters are together and they're older they're, they're young women now and they're confident and articulate and they just do think a different way to me which is great because i need to be challenged in that way you know, I need to be involved in those conversations and see how they think. And what I love about my kids now is they will check us in uh, ideals in our way of thinking that has been coached to us. And Cody and I talk about it all the time. We're a byproduct of the stories and messages that have been fed to us. Yes. And over time, that has evolved. And it's filtered through our generation. So it gets to a stage where our kids have their own beliefs by the experiences they have and the things they have access to. And so, yeah. you know, if our grandparents are a great example in terms of some of their beliefs, personal beliefs about how things should be back in the day, oh, way, calm yourself, Nana. Stop, time, yeah. time. You can't say that. You can't say Whoa. that. Time out, Nana. <laughs> and the kids will do it. They'll say, oh, hang on a second. But I love having having not so much, well, it could, could be a debate, but a conscious debate where you are present accepting that people do think differently but that's what makes life so wonderful eh and you don't have to understand it but certainly you have to accept that there are differences things where we will always disagree on but that's amazing yeah that's amazing that's it i've been consciously aware of trying to you know look at different perspectives across the political spectrum you know like i mean the U.S. is so pervasive in terms of how how much content is coming out, you know, from the right or left or center or whatever it is. But I think what I try and do is look for the the good in in the spectrum of of ideas and thoughts and processes, not putting too much judgment. I mean, of course, extreme right, left, you know, where it's you know issues of racism or you know homophobia or any of that stuff is just like that's you know, dude, no, it's not for me but i think what i've been exploring my journey is not to become too pigeonholed in terms of my thinking yeah to always stay above it and and question and and look for the merits and people's perspectives you know um whether it's podcasters like joe rogan super popular but kind of has a lot of conservative talkers and you know liberal um viewpoints on his uh podcast even for my own beliefs is to challenge them yeah. I'm not afraid of that because I think it makes you either question whether you've got the right kind of, you know, stance on something or if you're certain, it's like, cool, I know now that this is what I want to do and this is the values that I stand for and want to put out to the world. But I think if you only listen to your own, um, you know, echo chamber of ideas, you start looking at others as antagonists and we're all in this game together, bro. You know, like relevant, you start, brother. How you know relevant I mean? like, is that right now? Like right exactly. Now, right this second. Exactly. Ooh, there, it's just. Can't start. Man. <laughs> it is a conversation that's bigger than all of us. 
Um, obviously, it's important to have, and you talk about echo chambers that we get we get that fed the information or block out the stuff we don't want to we don't want to talk about. Everybody wants the same things, bro. I mean, you know, I look at you guys, and I we've gone from our our first world problems to our level two problems in, in Wellington, obviously, we get the ability to move and I never take it for granted. And every time I go and do a workout now, I'm like, my friends, I, you guys in Auckland, you don't have that or you haven't had that no. up until now. There's been no freedom. No. I spoke with a great mate of mine yesterday and he's a connector, right? He needs people like you, like you, like all of the people in your charge, like all of the group fit instructors, we connect as we need that energy, that collective power, that mission, that purpose. And, you know, to hear that your friends are struggling, mm. it's tough and we all want to find our way out of it. But yeah, there's some real negative talk. There's name calling. There's all of this type of stuff. It just needs to stop. It just needs to stop. Yeah. Always going to be kind. Eh? Just be kind. Be immaculate with your word. Think about what you're saying. How it affects everybody around everybody around you. And I, you know, I love uh, I love uh, sitting down, listening to other people's perspective. Even talking to my, my bro on the bike today. You know, interesting conversation about the levels and the traffic light system and all of the things that are happening. But it's really interesting to hear him come up with some concepts and ideas that I hadn't feel, hadn't thought of. That's what it should be like. People will always think differently. Yes. Yeah. And eventually. <laughs> that's, but that's it. It's like a collective. We need to. We need to pause and be patient and then collectively understand where everyone's coming from, and move forward together. I mean, I'm not trying to critique the the decision making process. I mean, to some extent, if you're you know support labour or not having the mantle of responsibility for how the country moves ahead must be insane. The pressure. I just, I wouldn't, you know, I can't even imagine what that must be like, but also there's, there's an element where if we are leaders, like you say, we should be encouraging a unity, even through diversity of thinking. And that I don't, you know, cause I've got friends in the industry that I know are going to be faced with a, a crisis of value yeah. coming forward, an of absolute course. crisis of value of which some may not want to cross. And it's going to be very hard. It's going to be impossible for them to, to do anything further unless they go a particular route. Right? So I, I don't want to look at my own friends as the enemy holding us back. Like that's mm -hmm. an insane thought to have. What, I, what we all need to do is to be understanding of each other, you know, and understanding of how we might move forward within this kind of situation. It's, yeah, that's, I, you know, I reserve judgment for anybody, man. Like there's a lot of rhetoric out right now in the media about us versus them and this is what's happening and, you know, polarizing this and demonizing that. I'm like, you see that playing out overseas and it just doesn't, it doesn't end well. So I'm hoping that we could, you know, those of us who can, can continue to spread a little light, spread a little energy and love to everyone around us. I hope so. And like I say, you guys are affected more than anybody else in the country. And have been, how many days is it? How many, how many days has it been? Uh, 
for I can't remember the exact day. It's the twelfth week. Yeah. The last time I was in the gym was workshop. And that was the what's the eighteenth of August? Yeah. So I haven't been like I mean I think I think the gym to the gym, yeah. Yeah. So that's the last time I was actually inside doing, you know, any kind of workouts within the gym, within the gym space. Um, yeah. yeah, which seems like I, I look, I'm just looking at the calendar now. I'm like, no, 14th. It was the 14th because I think the 18th is when we were fully locked down. Bro, yeah, brother. That's a, that's a lot of days, eh? That's, that's many, a lot of days. Many, many days. <laughs> many, many days. Many days being at your own home, my man. I'm glad we can get outside. I've been, you know, actually, I think the pressure cooker, though, in some respects, it forces you to evolve your thinking, your perspective, your approach on life. I would not be as resilient now if I hadn't faced the challenges that we've faced over the last few months or even the last 12 to 18 months. You know, not to, not to say that, you know, I'm like, yeah, lockdown is the bomb. Let's keep it going because it, it makes me a better person. It's when you're put into situations where the control around a certain part of your life or a lot of your life is taken away. What do you do? Yeah. How do you act? How do you move forward? What can you control? How do you make it work within the new confines of whatever space you're in? And when you stop, and what I what I found out was when I stopped hoping that it would change, when I stopped fighting against something that I had absolutely no control over, and just started embracing the new kind of like reality of where we're at, and just thinking, cool, make it work here. This is our new system. This is what we're doing. It was a much better process, bro. Take full accountability of my own life and my own responsibility of my own happiness in my family's well-being and, and safety and it and it transformed transformed my approach to life yeah what you what you carry versus what you control are two very different things eh? and and for me 100%. the same with going through recently with identifying that i needed more of that solo time a little bit more me time but to focus it's not selfish at all wanting to be the best version of yourself or doing whatever you can to be the best version of yourself so that you can give more to more to others and be more be better to be better to be around right to to, to be able to react better in such in situations but i found that too even with business there are so many things happening um from business perspective uncontrollables and all i can do is you know open book tell people how you're feeling give people the truth the honest answer set an expectation that is based on the truth not what people want to hear but what they need to hear <laughs> yeah, so uh, true. delivery times for all the things you know the the lead times for a lot of stuff um technology especially because of the chip shortage all of those types of things companies customers are hurting but if you're open about the process most people are okay it's actually yeah. okay but you still carry think i can't i feel it's like can i tell them that is that okay to tell them that will that actually put them off will that get them angry well, I'll tell you, not telling them is going to be way worse, right? It's just it's like way not, worse, right? Yeah. yeah, not telling people how so you're true. how you're feeling. So I I think you know, in chatting to you, just inspiring people to be able to articulate or to be able to speak their mind, to tell their to tell your truth, 
to speak your truth, to, to be real, to not be afraid to be vulnerable, to be able to share those moments. And when you see other people sharing those moments, you think, yeah, it's not just me. It's not just the weight that I'm carrying. We're all in the same boat, right? We're all trying to achieve That's the it. same things, man. They're just, I mean, we, it's, it's interesting when we talk about lifestyle, do you think, I mean, have we become accustomed to, to too much of a cushy lifestyle in NZ? where we see simple things getting taken away that we've just been a little bit, is precious the right word? It's a really, it's a really good point because again, that is so pertinent to what's happening right now. Very relevant. Privileged. Is that the right like, word? Yeah, they, they, tell, they say that like uh, when you are privileged and um, what's the quote? Like we, where you're in a position of privilege and then equality comes, it can feel like oppression. Yeah. And it kind of relates to this, but I, I do think it's more nuanced than that because I think there's a lot of people out there like saying, you know, uh, New Zealand, you know, you've had it cushy for a long time. You're just not used to the privileges being taken away. This is, you know, blah, blah. But then I also, I empathize with that, absolutely. But then I also think to myself, it's a little step. It's step by step. We walk down a different road toward losing a little bit more you know, and, and I, a little bit more freedoms, a little bit more personal choice about certain things. Now, that might sound a little like right-wing conservative, like, you know, my freedoms and all that stuff. But I do think there's a valid argument in critiquing, at least voicing concern. It's like, okay, I understand where we're going, but this pathway, I need to know that, you know, it's not going to lead to further steps of, you know, um, overreach. Yeah, so to speak. And that's where I think I stand on that particular issue is like, I don't think we're just cushy and we're, we're getting um, privileges taken away from us. I think that we are faced with a, a very uh, difficult decision to make and that it is very pol polarizing for us. If we keep the greater purpose in mind, it helps to put that kind of sense of... Um, you know, freedom's getting taken away to, to ease a little bit, to say, I'm doing my part to ensure New Zealand stays safe. We can do that. I can do that. I can get behind that. But when it comes to the point where it's starting to feel like it's not about that anymore and it's, it's a little bit more about um, a system of control in place, then it can, then we need to question. Then we need to critique and just say, is this the right path that we're, we're taking, team? You know, I need to know that, like, we value the rights that we all have as humans and we don't chip away at it little by little until we find ourselves down the track going, hey, remember when we used to have this and now we no longer do? I hope, I'm, I, I'm purposely treading down the, the middle line because that's truly oh, where course. I stand on this, bro, you know? Because yeah, no, I'm not trying to critique anything, it, but, there's you know? There's nothing wrong with it. Um, I think it's important to, though, balance both sides. I'm always a balanced guy, bro. Like, that's just me. I'm a compromise guy. Some people don't like compromise. They're like, you should never compromise for your values. I am knowing relationships. We're always making compromises. And I think that's the healthiest way. It's like you go one way, you get a little bit of feedback, you navigate a little bit differently. And, and eventually you find that equilibrium that allows us all to operate or certainly in a relationship you know imagine you didn't compromise in your relationship right Oof. i'd be 
sleeping on it wouldn't be a relationship <laughs> i'm looking at the doghouse going oh yeah it looks comfy eh? oh it looks, it looks good to me <laughs> that's good you know um i i i and our new and our new reality our new normal is you know sitting down talking walking around with masks on when we used to see people with masks on and on trains you'd think well, what's up with that mm. but that's our that's that's our norm that's our reality and i almost feel it's you know you have a picture which is like a puzzle and slowly pieces are getting removed and the fear is that you're going to take or, or pieces are getting taken away and eventually we won't recognize the picture you know that's a good I mean? point. And look, if it's legislation, then it's in it's in permanently. You know what I mean? And that's where I'm like, let's just be careful, team, because you know, you might be 100 percent backing, like if I take a position like, oh, you know, I love labor and you know, like awesome, we're gonna put in these laws, it's gonna protect New Zealand. Woohoo! And then boom, they're out of power. Someone you don't like is in, or a party that you don't support is in there. All of that applies as well. And that's the trade-off is that if you make it permanent and it stays eventually as all parties do it'll change power you know it's just of a matter course. of time you know yeah. and so that's why we need to be very careful in terms of what we're wanting to make a law forever so to speak i mean there's probably ways that you could change laws in the future but still it's like it's a lot of responsibility to a large you know to the to the governing power of New Zealand. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do it or should, but we should always question. We should always go, is this right? Should it be going down this path? And not, not be um, swayed by charisma or by the um, love one might have for like a sports team. I don't think you should support your political party like you do uh, your local sports team or you know the All Blacks. It should always be, I vote you in because you represent our views on on the policies that I agree with, and this is what I'm going to hold you accountable to, and as an act of service, not because I blindly love, you know, I've always voted national my whole life, or, you know, I'm a Greens advocate, you know, I just don't think the emotion is helpful when it comes to political parties. Oh, of course, and one thing I have, I've honestly myself had enough of enough of is the fact that it's been made personal too so some very vicious attacks on the people that are making the decisions and that's just doesn't sit well with me you can have your opinion based on the decisions that are made and there are a, a variety of factors that go into making a decision and making it law but please don't make it personal there's no need to um, imagine the waking up to that type of press the type of things that again said about you as a person you know we always know that absolutely you know interactions not everybody's going to get it not everybody's going to understand it but there are some really horrible things don't be that person hey now elevate your elevate yourself and if you really want to make a difference show up to the voting booth you know like vote when the when it counts i mean if we reflect you know because there's basically what you're referring to is people just absolutely like making horrible comments and stuff about Jacinda Ardern. I've seen, I've seen the memes, I've seen all of that stuff. And to me, that's like, even if you're personally against what the government is doing, when it goes, goes to that level, it's kind of, you, you realize they've come to their final straw. You know, if I was yeah. to empathize with people making that decision, they've come to their final straw, they're just raging out. It's not helpful and it's not, it's not cool. Um, but that's what happens. You know, if I think of US politics back when Trump was, you know, um, coming through 2015, 2016, and like going for 
you know, up against Hillary, the amount of like crap that people talked about him, but at, but the media took that and ran with it and made it like insane. So in fact, boosted the popularity. And that's where I just think this, when you're judging leaders on their personal characteristics, like his silly funny hair or his orange skin or, you know, Jacinda or, you know, anyone like that, it actually detracts from what you're trying to do. It actually detracts from the purpose of the politics and the policies of the party and becomes very distracting. So then it becomes a, an emotive issue and we, and we forget the policies that we should actually be looking at and should, should be looking for um, in, a, in, a, in a power that's looking after the country and start you know, looking at the, the personal aesthetic attributes of the leader itself. That's insane to me. I'm like, come on, guys. If we that's really want to make a difference, away from fame too, eh? yeah. That's exactly it, bro. And look, I'm, you know, <laughs> having a very small sliver, <laughs> little taste <laughs> of Les Mills fame, bro. Like, you know, because I'll share a story with you, man. Some feedback came through for me um, from America. Someone had written in and said, "Why is why are we promoting a sexually aggressive Moroccan on posters?" Uh, you know, because this particular person had traveled to Morocco and had experienced, you know, overly sexually aggressive males who made them feel super uncomfortable. And why would we uh, promote the image of a sexually aggressive Moroccan man? And it was me in a Shabam uh, poster and Rachel was, you know, in the mix and I'm dancing around. You know, like, wow. And I was just like, wow. Okay. Number one. I'm not Moroccan. <laughs> I'm Samoan from New Zealand. And I'm not being sexually aggressive at all. And number two, like, way to paint all Moroccans as sexually aggressive. Like, gee, wow. I, I actually struggled because the person who shared that feedback from me from LMI thought it would be funny. But kind of, you know, I think it would have been funny at first glance, like, because it's so wild, right? Yeah. But I didn't. I didn't find it funny at all. Offensive, right? It's offensive. It, exactly. It I was a just lot, like a lot of. It, it's a lot of stuff, bro. It's a lot of angles there. Come on, bro. Like that. That hit hard, and I was just like, "Damn, that's the reality, though." You know, people are just going to say some horrible stuff, and and you know, even now with our young ones coming through, and you know, I'll share the story. One of our younger presenters for body jam was getting eviscerated online um saying you know why would we have 14 year olds presenting for les mills now you know where are all the where's the diversity where are our um african representatives where are black presenters why is you know why are these children being put on on filming and look i can't i can't speak for where that person's coming from in their life but the the comments are they're hurtful bro like it takes away everything from our presenter who who had the comments made about them um and just boils it down to like they're, they're a child they're not diverse enough you know and so the recommendation was to like you know for them from from a third part not from me but like from someone else was to you know like let them know who you are tell the story and I had to jump, you know, I wanted to jump in there because I was just like, don't, just don't say anything. 
Because number one, you're not going to convince that person that you're right. They're not out to be proved. They don't want to change their mind. And by adding fuel to the fire, you'll just exacerbate this social media demonization more than it needs to be. All you need to do is double down and you know who you are, double down on the positivity that you can bring to your channels, speak your truth, shine your light. But forget these online social commentary battles because I've seen it happen before. No one wins. It becomes a sledge fest. And yeah, that, that to me was was the reality heading home about what it's like to be yeah, in those perceptions and biases are decades deep right they, they are oh, handed man. down through generations but like i say if you if you're 100 authentic and being you and if you are trying your absolute best no one can fault you that's no one it. can fault you that's you've it. just got to you just got to be brave enough to own it and say man that's me not everybody's going to get it when cody and i have chatted about it before some people will just have a misconception or a perception of ethnicity or uh, diversity, and they just see you in that mold. You know, know me before you bro me, right? It's it's take it, take, take the time to sit down, and if you are going to critique someone, base it on your 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 knowledge of an interaction with them, and perhaps it was just a shit time where you were just wrong place, right wrong time, right? Or someone walked past you and didn't literally see you, snob. Oh, they made they're just up themselves when there's so many other different per per peripherals peripherals around um actually on that one i get like blamed for that a lot because i'm like so focused I, as a gfm you know group fitness manager walking through the club i'll be like hustling to the next class and you know head down focus laser vision like oh tell us tell us in a bad mood today you know like don't talk to him you know um it's yeah it, it can be perceptions and perceived differently to how you're actually being right yeah and you know the way that i like get around the whole triggering comments on social media unless they're being like just total idiots and like ah it's a fool is to actually go like man they must be really going through it this person must be really like going through it to write that stuff you know um and have a have a kind of pause moment to be like look for you to write those comments you must have had some horrible stuff happen. So I, I appreciate where you come from, but I'm not going to even take it on. I'm not going to allow it to enter my spirit. You know. Yeah, it takes it takes a while to grow into your own skin and be confident enough to share it. But I know a lot of the young people involved with Group Fit who are incredible people, fully rounded, amazing individuals, connected to a purpose, just incredibly talented, soulful, rich, intelligent, and I love that. And that's inspiring to me as well, even as an old follower. Do you, know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? So continuously learning from all elements, from all angles, from all from all sexes, from all colors, from all ages, from all levels of life makes us a more rounded individual. That's what we should be doing, soaking it up with the biggest sponge, right? You'll ever see SpongeBob, here we are. We should just take the time to soak, soak mm. in all of the stuff that life throws you. And I think at Absolutely. times we just walk around like, doop, doop, pew, <laughs> pew. Yeah. but it goes down to, like I say, those comments, those harsh comments, are we by our actions and our words, inspiring people to take on roles of leadership? Are we being a leader to foster or promote people wanting to be leaders? Cause who's going to put their hand up and say, um, Jimmy, would you like to be prime minister of New Zealand? Shit. No, miss. <laughs> Shit. No. 
Why? Because yeah. people say mean things about the Prime Minister of New Zealand. Mm. Mm. But what we should be doing is inspiring of all aspects in our life, inspiring people to just put their hand up and go for it. Because, you know, I certainly couldn't do it. Um, politics is an interesting game. Politics uh, was meant for politicians. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, so, it's wild, yeah, man. Push. <laughs> you can have it. But it's necessary. It's, it's important. It takes a certain kind of person, much as it takes a certain kind of person to do what we do. Um, yeah. But, bro, we're being... Bro, we have been guessing. I knew this would take, this would just go and go. <laughs> and, I, and I love that. And and the opportunity to sit and chat with you and, and the beauty of it is just the elements to the conversation, the flow and the stuff that comes out of it. And, you know, for me, I like to sit back and, and I listen to it as well because there are things that go on where I'm like, man, that's awesome. That's amazing. I like to reconnect with the conversation that we've had. But yeah. the overwhelming thing for me is, mate, dealing with you was always a pleasure. I go back to a story when I first started it at Les Mills when I walked in, coming from another gym, not knowing anybody, you and your beautiful wife were the two people that really made me feel like I had a place and a home there. And I've never, ever forgotten that. And I've told you this before, eh? Um, but it's one of the great things that we should aspire to be, be inclusive. And that one moment is what has kept to be engaged and passionate in our interaction since of what's kept me engaged and passionate about group fit and helping people. So to have the opportunity to chat with you, mate, on the podcast is amazing. To have the opportunity to hear your thoughts on a whole range of stuff is incredible. The fact that we're going to get to inter inter interact more moving through into the next year as the game changes for all of us is just fills my cup like you wouldn't believe. Is there anything as your parting statement that you would like to share with the people, just a simple message, no pressure. <laughs> Before we, thought, we wow. used to call it the um, tombstone drill. So, what would you like people to say about you? And I thought, man, is that too depressing? But I can leave it to you. You know, is there a message that you would like to leave because it will be here that you think will yeah. be or anything that you feel compelled to say? I think so. Like with the context of this entire chat, we were talking about just, you know, self-awareness, self-growth, how you show up in a relationship, how you show up for your staff, your people, how you navigate through the um, wild times that we're facing at this current point in time. So there is a context for what I'd like to share. And it's just when you can be authentic with yourself, when you can truly show up, look yourself in the mirror and like, and say, I am who I am because of all the experiences that I have. And I want to give my, my all into the relationship in the world that I live in. When you can bring that level of authenticity and reality and accountability into your life, it will allow you to be more open to share your light, yourself, your being with others in a positive way. So I think that's it in a, in a nutshell for me. It's like, if you can bring that authenticity and don't be afraid of it, you know, look deep into the, into the mirror and go, there are things that I love about myself. There are things that I don't love so much, but I'm working on those things or they're just a part of me. They're just the reality of who I am. And when you bring your whole self into that conversation and don't look at it through judgment eyes, but looking through acceptance, that's where you can start to have those really powerful moments with those around you and bring your true self to any situation that you're facing. 
I love that, bro. And one thing that this message, years to come, years from now, your daughters who will be mature adults forging their own lives will be able to look back at this moment and share this with you as I've been privileged to share this with you. So thank you, my bro. Um, so that is us, episode number 35 of the DMC podcast with Adam and T. We just want to say thank you so much. Please like, subscribe if you can. Most of all, if you can be anything, please be kind, look after one another, and share love and support and uplift. Let's be leaders and create more leaders with love and light. That's us, the DMC Podcast, F35. Take care and peace.